Luke chapter 2 and the verse 33 is our text this morning. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Simeon's words causing marvel. Having heard the message of this spirit-led and spirit-taught and spirit-filled man, our text tells us the response of Joseph and Mary. And the Holy Spirit wants us to know how they responded. He doesn't pass it over. Didn't have to put it in the text, but he has. And he wants us to pause at it and to think upon it. The response of the parents is one of marvel. It says there, Joseph and his mother marveled. The both of them marveled. They're filled with wonderment. And we want to think about what it is that they marvel at. It's not so much Simeon. Now, it must have been a great marvel, this old man coming and taking the child off them and um, speaking these powerful words. It must have intrigued them. And no doubt they wondered at the man. But what causes their mouths to really drop open? What causes them to be utterly amazed and filled with surprise? Joyful surprise is not so much the man, but the message, the message of the man, the message about the newborn child of Mary. That's what causes them wonderment. They marveled when they heard the message. And so the of him there in the text is a reference to the child. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, that is the child. The, the word there is concerning him, about him. And so the words, they're marveling at the words about the child. There's no uncertainty about that. The message is about the Christ child, as we saw last week. We saw that he's God's salvation. We saw that he is God's light to the Gentiles. We saw that he's the glory, the Shekinah, We saw that. And this message about him causes wonderment. Wonderful words. We have a hymn that goes, Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. And so that's what Mary and Joseph have heard. They've heard wonderful words and the marvel. And so they should because Simeon has just spoken marvelous things. He's just delivered a wonderful message, as we've said, and it ought to cause wonderment and amazement. And thoughts ought to be flying through their mind, and they are. And these two parents are trying to analyze and weigh up what's been said. And they're just kind of standing there in a gaze, just trying to weigh everything up and analyze. And they're not taking the child off him and rushing away. They're not saying, thank you, nice, thank you, Simeon, that's a nice thing to say. Thank you, just give us the child back and we're away. No, it's not like that. They're, they're just lost in amazement. And Simeon even sees their amazement. And he has to take them away from it and he, he blesses them. And then he speaks to the parents to kind of bring them down to earth. 
and tell them it's not all going to be glorious and rosy. But they're, they're standing amazed, aghast. Uh, and they're, just, they're not just wondering about what Simeon has said, but they're wondering also not only the things that he said, everything's flooding back. The, the things that the angels said, the things that Gabriel said to Mary, the things that the shepherds said about Christ being the Savior born. And we read that Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And now she's got something new that's come from the lips of Simeon. And she's just utterly amazed, just marveling. It's all going through her mind. And it's challenging her. And she's wondering. And she's pondering the marvel at the new baby announcements. Never a baby had announcements like this. It's a marvel. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the one who wants us to do the same. He wants us to marvel. He wants us to be filled with wonderment. He wants us to have the same response. This is the proper response. This is the right response to this child. It's a wonderful thing, this baby being born, this person coming into the world. It's a marvelous thing. It's a wonder. And the Holy Spirit wants us to wonder as well. He wants us to marvel. That's why he's put it in the text. It's not just a wee piece of information here. He's saying, this is the right response to my message. Do we marvel? Are we amazed? Are we filled with wonderment of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a marvel. It is a marvel. It really is. We ought not to get used to the coming of Christ. We're not just to think it's just another birth or it's just another life. No, Jesus Christ is unique. He's a marvel himself. He's unique and he's special. He is wonderfully, marvelously special. How did the Old Testament prophet put it? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And what's the first name? His name shall be called Wonderful. He's a marvel. He's a wonder. There never has been a child like it. Wonderful. This is wonderful. And Joseph and Mary marveled when they heard the things that were spoken concerning him. They marveled. And so it's a wonderful, marvelous thing. You see, we get too used to these early chapters of Luke, don't we? We just get too used to them. We don't have the marvel. We lose the wonderment. And we shouldn't, brethren and sisters. We should still feel excited there should still be the sense of amazement. I mean, look, look at how everybody is amazed. Look at how the angels, even from heaven, come. They're filled with the wonderment of it all. The whole host of heaven came. 
And they're standing there silently as, as the archangel makes his announcement to the shepherds. And as soon as it's finished, and they can hardly wait till he finishes. And you know the story. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God. Glory to God. It's an amazing thing even to the angels. And he didn't come for angels. They're filled with wonderment. Even the angels are filled with wonderment. It's an amazing thing. This chain. It's so wonderful. It, it would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. Only God tells us it in his word. And therefore we do believe it. But it, it is utterly marvelous. It is utterly amazing. It's, it's jaw-dropping. Now, what is the really amazing thing about this child? What is the thing that really stands out about this 40-day-old infant in the arms of this old man? What's the really amazing thing about him? There are so many things that are amazing about Christ. I mean, the whole gospel's a marvel, really, isn't it? I mean, the sinless life of Jesus Christ is a marvel. Whoever lived a sinless life on the earth, that's a marvel in itself. And then there's a marvel of his, of his miracles. And how many marveled at that? The one time a devil was cast out, and the dumb man spake when he left, and the multitudes marveled. They'd never seen anything like that before. They marveled at his works. You remember how he healed Legion? Boys, the, the, the work that was done in that man's heart, not one demon, but a multitude of them. And that man began to tell the story throughout all of Decapolis. And you know what the Bible says? It says everybody marveled when they heard it. And they knew that man too. They knew it was true. The changed life was a marvel. And the work that Christ did in him was a marvelous work. So, so his, works, his works are marvelous. And all, all were amazed at the mighty power of God in Jesus. And his words were a marvel. Do you remember how it sometimes says in the Bible, all bear him witness and wondered. They wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. His words were a marvel. They wondered where he got them. He was just born in Nazareth. He was just born of a, of a peasant girl. He never went to the seminaries of his day. But his, his words were a marvel. And so all his works and his miracles were a marvel. His death was a marvel. His resurrection's a marvel. His heaven, heavenly ministry now is a marvel. And there's a whole pile of sermons in themselves, a marvel of all of those things. But what is the really amazing thing is the foundation of all of that. Not his works. Not his words, not his death, not his resurrection, not his ascension, not his present ministry now in glory. The really amazing thing about it is the foundation of all that. Himself. His person. He's a marvel. The marvel of his person who he is. This is what they're getting caught up with. Who is this child? Who is he? 
What lies at the heart of Christianity, men and women? At the heart of Christianity is the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And of the person and of the work of Jesus Christ, which comes first? The person. The person is the foundation of all. It's who he is that makes all of that work special. And if he's not who he is, then it doesn't matter what he does. His person is the most important thing of all. Who he is. Who he is. You see, his words and his works cause us to ask, who is he? The wonder that the gracious words are proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, Is not this the son of Joseph? Who is he? How does he get words like this? Do you remember when he stilled the storm? Just with his mouth? The apostles never saw the like of it. And they said, What manner of man is this? Who is he? Who is he? What kind of man is he that can do that? We're always going back to who he is. Who is he? And so I believe this is what they are marvelously, marveling at and wondering at. His person. His person puts them in awe who he is. They're marveling at who he is. The great marvel, the Everest marvel, is his person. Who is he? You see, this is a marvel. He's just a child. He's just a child born. He's just been circumcised. He's a child being brought into the temple. He's a baby boy in the arms of Simeon. But nobody talks about him as if he's just a baby. That's that's all he is in in the arms. But nobody says, oh, this is a nice wee baby. This is like any other wee baby. Nobody talks about him as if he's a baby. The angels sing, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the baby. No, Christ the Lord. He's the Lord. And whenever Mary come into pregnant, into Elizabeth's presence, what does Elizabeth say? Whence is this that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The one in her, in her womb is, her, is Elizabeth's Lord. And so nobody speaks about him as if he's a mere child. He, he's, he's the Lord. And the angels come and they worship. As they're commanded to worship. Worship him all ye angels, the Father said. And so they come and they sing, glory to God. Glory to God. You see, Simeon says he is the glory. He's the glory. He's all the little baby. He's the Shekinah. The Shekinah, the glory. He's the glory. And their mouths just open. And the marvel. The marvel. Not an unbelief. The faith. With joy. This doesn't mean unbelief. This is, this is a marvel. At, they've caught the reality of it. He is the Lord. He's the glory. And they're just marveling. As we should.
The great marvel of Christianity, men and women, is the incarnation. I tell you that now. That's the great marvel of the Christian religion, the incarnation. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. It is the incarnation. That, that's the rock the church is built upon. Whom do men say that I am? And there's a whole kind, pile of speculations. But those who are taught of God say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Blessed are you, Simon Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The rock of the person of Jesus Christ. Christ the Lord. Christ the Son of God. That's the rock. It's his person. Now, I don't always agree with the converted atheist C.S. Lewis, the intellectual scholar who wrote many apologetic books in the defense of Christianity. Most interesting and most capable writer, though I don't always agree with everything. But C.S. Lewis called the Incarnation the grand miracle. He said it is the central miracle asserted by Christians is the Incarnation. Every other miracle prepares for this or exhibits this or results from this It was the central event in the history of the earth, the very thing that the whole story has been about. It's true. Joseph and Mary are hearing the joyful sound, and they absolutely marvel about this person who just looks like a little baby. The marvel of who he is. Three points in closing. The marvel of his humanity. The marvel of his humanity. He is a man. Yes, he is a man. He is unquestionably a man. He is a true man, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, in ties of blood with sinners one. He just doesn't have the appearance of a man. Some of the early heretical groups taught that. He he has the appearance of a man. It's just all an appearance. Uh, As angels of old appeared, because you remember angels of old appeared in the form of men, but they they weren't true men. However they took that appearance, we don't know, but, but they weren't flesh and blood and bones. They weren't. But Christ is. He was truly conceived in the womb of a virgin. He has a true humanity, really and truly. You can touch him. We've handled him and felt him. The the apostle said, circumcision is the great evidence of the true humanity of this child. He bled. He wept like any other little boy, circumcised eight days old. 
He feeds from the breast like any other baby. He's wrapped in bands and he wears nappies. He is a true child, a true man child, a true boy, and Simeon is holding him. He has substance, he has weight, he has flesh and bones. He has the warmth of blood flowing through his veins. He is a true baby. He's really and truly born into this world. Though the womb is a virgin's womb, the marvel of his humanity. True man. But secondly, there is the marvel of his deity. This is the thing. He's not just mere man. He's not only a man. It is obvious that he is not that, just a mere man. I mean, all the words spoken do not sound right with a mere baby. You don't say these things like you talk about other Jewish boys. You don't call him Lord. You don't call him the Son of God. You don't call him the glory. You don't call him the light of the Gentiles. You don't call him salvation. These are only words that you could use of God. These are only words you could use of the deity of the Lord. And this little boy, this is the thing that's marveling the parents, this little baby, that they, the nappies of whom they have changed and whom they have heard cry and who has fed on the breast of Mary. This is the amazing thing that this baby is the Lord. That's the marvel of Christianity. That's the wonder. That's the incarnation. He's a boy, but he is something more. He is, as we know, the Lord of glory. And this is, this is the thing that causes the marvel. Who is he in yonder stall at whose feet the shepherds fall? Tis the Lord. Oh, wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly bow. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. God and man. He has both natures. The words describe the invisible nature. And the senses sense the human nature. He has both. And there is no greater marvel in the universe. That is the marvel of marvels. That is the miracle of miracles. That that is even a greater miracle than the creation of this world. A child with two natures. That has never been done before. God and man. But thirdly and lastly, not only the marvel of the humanity and the marvel of the deity and the two natures, the marvel of a single person. A single person with both those 
natures. That's a marvel. How many persons are here? There's a child and there's the Lord. But are there two persons? Are they speaking about two persons? No. This child, this child, I've seen thy salvation. This child's the light. This child's the glory. The two natures are there in one person. The prophets never speak about two persons. And the angels never speak of two persons. No, there's always only one person. And so you can't say he's a human person and he's a divine person. He's not. He's only ever a divine person. But he has two natures. The divine nature and the human nature which he joins to his person in the mystery of the incarnation. And only God can do that. No creature could take another nature into his person. But the Son of God did. Only one person unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He's born and yet he's the Lord. He's just begun and yet he's eternal. But it's only one person here. Only ever one person. The Bible never speaks about two persons. This is where all the heretical groups go off in the early church. But the early church quickly formulated the doctrine of the person of Jesus Christ, God and man, in one person forever. So the marvel of it is he's a divine person with two natures. And a divine person joins to himself a human nature, not just a human body, but a human body and a human soul, a true human nature. A human nature is not complete without the union of the body and the soul. He took, he took a full and true humanity. And that human nature has a will. And that human nature has desires. Desire to eat and eat and drink and take the mother's milk when it's an infant. He has two wills. Because he has two natures. But he's only one person. That is the marvel and the mystery of it all. And Joseph and Mary are trying to analyze all this. How can this be? I know what Simeon is saying. I know what the angels have said. I know what the prophets say, that God shall come and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I know Simeon's quoting from the book of Isaiah. And they're just weighing it all up and analyzing it. And they're just amazed and they're filled with wonderment at the mystery and at the glory of it. And men and women, that's what we need to get taken up with. Not the stupid tinsel out there. There's no glory in that. This is the glory. 
This is what fills us with delight and wonder and utterly amazes. And not just at this time of the year, every week and every day. Every week and every day. The marvel of his person. And so this we confess. This is the heart of Christianity. God and man in one person forever. We confess this, and any deniers of it, we know are outside the pale of the Christian faith and outside the experience of salvation itself. Because only the only one who can save us must be man, true man, but he also must be God. And we give that glory to the one person of the Son of God, the second person in the Godhead, because it was him who was incarnate, not the Father and not the Holy Spirit, though they are active in in the involvement in it. But he's the God who came. And so we sing, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. True God of true God, light of light eternal. Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Son of the Father, begotten, not created. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Joseph and Mary marveled when they heard these things spoken. Concerning him. Oh, ask the Holy Spirit, brethren and sisters, ask the Holy Spirit to bring back to you again the marvel of the person of your Savior. And let us put our full trust and confidence in Jesus Christ. Let us believe in him. Let us trust in him. Let us cling to him. Let us be devoted to him. Let us follow him to the end. Let us pray. Lord, bless thy word. Bless thy people. Cause us to see afresh and to feel the wonderment and the marvel of the incarnation of thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be endless glory for his name's sake. Amen.